Hello and welcome to Aisha Presents with me, Aisha Nabi. In this episode, we will be exploring the many ways in which PMDD affects physical health. I'll be talking to Laura Tear Jones, who is a podcaster from My Hormones, My Health, and is based in North Wales. This episode touches on emotive and personal issues which some listeners may find distressing. If you or anyone you know are affected, please click on the links in the episode's description for further advice and support, or contact your GP. You may find it useful to make a journal and track your moods during your cycle. This may help you and your GP or therapist with a diagnosis and treatment plan. This series is sponsored by Arima CBD oils, which many people have found helpful in alleviating the symptoms of PMDD. Arima have an extensive range of CBD oils in varying strengths. Their researchers have extracted pure hemp oil from organically grown cannabis plants without using harmful chemicals. All of their products are manufactured and tested in the UK in a strict and methodical environment, making Arima CBD amongst the purest on the market. CBD is reportedly good for a multitude of health problems including pain relief, anxiety reduction, mood enhancement and heart health. Visit www.arima.co.uk to make your purchase. If you use my code AISHA10, you will receive 10% off on all orders. I'm joined now with Laura Tear-Jones. Hello, Laura. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hello. Thank you for having me. So tell me a bit about yourself and your journey with PMDD. So um, I've had PMDD for about 15, 16 years. So I think it started when I was you know, a teenager and I'm 30 now. Um, but I never really knew I had it until about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, and I, I, used to, I, I really struggled with my hormones. I really struggled with my mental health. But I never really put the two together, even though I would go back and forth to the doctors over the the same two things. It was always my mental health yeah, um, and always my contraceptive pill. They were like the two main topics. Um, so you'd think that there'd be some sort of link made, but there was n- never a connection made. Um, I, I really struggled with kind of like anxiety, with depression. I struggled. Did you think the, um, like going on like the pill might have exacerbated it or did you find it helped your symptoms do you know what I actually think going on it may have helped so I I went on it in about 2012 2013 and I actually think it helped because it was when I came off the pill in 2018 that things started to go really really bad to kind of what I was like when I was younger yeah um and my GP actually said like well, let's put you back on the pill. That's kind of, you know, if it's worked for you in the past. But when I went back on it, the exact same pill, it just for some reason didn't agree with me. And I don't know if that's because it takes a while to get back into your system or... or Yeah, I definitely think it's something you have to be on for a long time. And it's a trial and error type thing as well with any sort of medication, especially when it comes to the pill, because some can worsen effects and... Um, worsen symptoms and some can alleviate them and I know yeah. with I'm I'm on Yasmin at the moment and I find that for me it kind of helps regulate um, my symptoms in a sort of way so I mean I'm not saying that it com- makes me every month like completely better and fine mm. I, I still have my awful worst days and usually they are 
often um, by triggers. Like if I'm triggered by something emotional or if it's a stress factor, I can feel like the um, PMDD symptoms just completely exacerbate and they're magnified on a huge scale. Is that the same with you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, something that, you know, one week of the month I might handle absolutely fine. A few days later, it, it's almost like I just can't handle things the same. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like there's a magnifying glass just shone on every imperfection that I've got in my life. Um, and it, it just feels like it's never going to get better, even mm-hmm. though I know it will. That's a really um, good point that you said there, because a lot of people have said this, um, that once you're in that luteal phase, or what a lot of people call it hell week, it's such a common mm-hmm. phrase now, and I've heard it a lot, but it's it's so good to kind of like describe it as that, because it really is hell week. People always say like, it's so hard to like break out of that way of thinking, even though people are like, oh, just snap out of it, or it's okay, like it will pass. Um, mm-hmm. It's... Th- it feels so real, doesn't it? It's very overwhelming. It's a very real feeling that you have when you're in that situation, whether it be anxiety, depression, or just, you know, just generally feeling so overwhelmed and tearful all the time. Do you know what? I I have actually said to my husband, it's almost like, and it's nothing like it, but it's almost like when you've got a really bad cold, and hear me out because I know it's not like having a cold, <laughs> But you know when your cold is just that bad and you can't breathe and you're, you're feeling awful and you just think, oh my gosh, I can't even remember what it was like to breathe properly. And you yes. think you'll never feel better again. It's that kind of thinking, but applied to PMDD. You know, you just think I'm never going to be better again. I'm, you know, it's almost like you can't see yourself being able to, to breathe again um, once your cold is cleared. And I feel the same about PMDD. I know it's such it a will good go. connotation. That's such a good connotation, <laughs> actually. Yeah, <laughs> because like I know what you're, I know what you're getting at. Because when you've got a cold, you always like think, oh, I took for granted like a clear nasal passageway <laughs> and breathing. I, I took that for granted. It's, I see what you're saying. It's kind of similar. Like, oh, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be normal again. Like, I'm never going to yeah. feel like m- like yourself because that's where the dysphoric comes from. It kind of strips you away from your your positive personality that you have, the way you act and behave. And then it just projects this kind of whole new um, identity on you when you're going through that kind of luteal phase. Do you get that as well? Like it just completely, you feel completely different. You don't feel like yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Like I just feel like it does. I think you you summed up really well there. It, It strips you of your identity and, and who you are. It strips you of yeah, I think it takes away a lot of who you are. Um, but then I also think it gives me a lot as well. I, th- I feel like it makes me more grateful for those better days. Because like you said, when your nasal passage is clear again after a cold, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I can breathe again. And with PMDD, I just feel like when I have a good day, I'm so grateful for that. And it's not always easy to be grateful when you're you know, feeling the despair of PMDD. So I really don't take for granted the good days anymore. I really like um, how you said that, actually, that you're grateful for the good days, because I think that's something that's so positive. And it's almost like an affirmation, because the more you say it, the more positivity you will get. I've also been influenced by that book, The Secret, and like how if you say positivity and like think positively, positively, you will 
attract and um, you'll be like a magnet for positive and happy things in your life. And I feel like yeah. that is a good way of thinking. So you've put that very nicely there. <laughs> Thank you. That book actually landed on my doorstep this week. I haven't actually started reading it yet. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm going to like it. Yeah, it's literally my life guide. I read it at the start of the year and I've just, I feel like it's great to read. I think for anyone who's listening and you are suffering, get a book like that, that has some sort of positive affirmations in it and then read them, like just randomly open up a page and read a page and then you can sort of just process it. And also it's a good distraction. I think I've sort of learnt now when I'm having a really bad hell week to make affirmations, like whether it be a timed text to myself um, via a kind of reminder notification on my phone of like positive things and just putting it out there I mean I, I know it's not for everyone but it might be for some people who just need that extra kind of like you know confidence and yeah your own little cheer- cheerleader cheering you on yeah, um definitely. could you describe um some of the physical symptoms people and yourself have testified to when it comes to PMDD yeah so I think for me the the probably the worst thing is the migraine um I think the thing about the migraine is it's not quite so timely so for me it tends to happen when my period is due but that's not necessarily always the case it could be a bit later it could be a bit earlier and so it's really hard to plan for that you know I can plan for my harder um emotional days but when it comes to a migraine it's very hard to plan for that Mm. Um, and when, when I get a migraine it tends to be either over a few days or it tends to be maybe over a week but not continuous so it's more like cluster um, yeah. which it's just really frustrating I think if you're already feeling despair and dysphoria to then have a migraine it, it adds a lot of self-loathing because there's a lot of frustration yeah um, I mean it you know, stops frustrated. you from being productive as well when you've yeah. got a migraine I know you have to like kind of close the curtains, get in a dark room and just yeah, try and sleep it off. There's literally nothing that I like. I, I'll take paracetamol, I'll take aspirin, I'll, you know, put a cold flannel on my head. And the only thing that helps really is time. And if you can sleep, then that's brilliant because at least you're sleeping through it. But I think sometimes you just have to just kind of lie there. And even if you're not asleep, like, mm. you know, don't put any expectations on yourself. Yeah, so for you, you're saying migraines are like the worst physical symptom for you then? Yeah, they're definitely the most debilitating of, of my physical symptoms, yeah. So for, for people who are listening, the like other symptoms you can get from PMDD are, like you say, migraines. There's, um, you know, breakouts along your jawline and your mm. mouth because that's all related to hormone shifts. So when you, you're hormonal, you can break out a lot around your mouth and chin and jawline there's also people get eczema dermatitis um a rash very sensitive skin um people tend to get lazy and a bit fatigue or just really tired all the time I know I do I've got Mm. anemia so when I'm due on I just look really zombie I look like a zombie basically (laughs) my mum always looks at me and like are you okay (laughs) and I had to tell her like I'm due on that's why I look like this but the color just drains from my skin and I'm just constantly tired and I really like motivation but the other thing that affects nearly everyone if you have PMDD or not it's um the bloating the dreaded bloating and um 
tell me about your experience of bloating because I know it's a really horrible and uncomfortable <laughs> thing it's just like like you say like it's something that lots of people get um but I don't know if it's something to do with PMDD if you get PMDD you get bloating worse but like I literally like I will lie on the sofa in a t-shirt and my underwear because the idea of even just having any clothes around my stomach um around my waistband is just like I can't do it it's so uncomfortable and painful that even like walking up the stairs will take my breath away and I'm I'm quite fit I'm quite healthy so running up the stairs is no problem but when I'm bloated I feel like I'm carrying like an extra three stone um it's like a baby isn't it like sometimes it gets so bad that it's like you're carrying a three-month-old child (laughs) you know what there are times when I think oh my god what if I'm like nine months pregnant and I'm only just starting to show which I know is you know very unlikely that's going to happen that way but at the same time it's just like how can somebody look so bloated and then in a day or two actually just like back to normal it's it's so strange it's such a weird like bodily function I find with bloating with me especially it causes like um kind of like body issue triggers because sometimes when you're wearing like an outfit before you're bloated and you're like oh I look so good the jeans fit me and they're like hugging all the right places and it's like Mm -hmm. accentuating your curves and whatnot when you're bloated and you wear those same pair of jeans I just feel like it's just so awful and you just hate yourself and I know I'm like I just get in a complete rut and I'm like get really angry and upset and I'm like oh and then I start getting emotional because it kind of triggers that kind of poor self-image when you're bloated because it's you're not it's not really your skin that you're in normally and it's Mm. completely alien because it comes on like every month or so and some months are worse than others it's all to do with the water retention and whatnot but um I just feel like when you're wearing an outfit after a long time, especially when you wear it when you're in your luteal phase, it looks different and it feels different on you. And that can be a very overwhelming feeling to go through as well, especially as a woman who's constantly in the, you know, these days social media has a massive influence on us, like the ideal mm-hmm. way of looking. And it's very, we have that pressure. And I feel like when you're bloated and you're wearing an outfit or you're going out, do you find it makes you feel, makes you feel a bit like depressed about how you look and how you feel? Yeah, I think if you take somebody who's in a state of dysphoria and you give them a feeling of carrying an extra three stone on their stomach or, you know, something like that, I think for me, what happens to me is I think, well, what's changed? And the only thing I can think of is I've done something wrong and it's made me look this way and feel this way. Um, And I think, yeah, absolutely. People who have PMDD can often be quite self-loathing, so to you know be very bloated and just not be very happy with your appearance on on certain days of the month if you're somebody who's got that dysphoria it can feel like an absolute catastrophe to not be able to do your top button up on your jeans and you know we joke now about you know I said about lying on the sofa with me undies and my t-shirt on but actually when that happens I feel awful I feel disgusting when actually it is just something that's happening in my body that I can't really con- control, you know, yeah, it's like you say, it's it's just bloating, it's to do with water retention. So there are little things you can do, but not a lot. 
Mm. When you say that, like obviously when we, we, we're able to laugh about it and speak quite confidently about it, it's so true, isn't it? When you're not in that kind of cycle, you can yeah. easily speak about it. But once you're in it, I feel really ashamed talking about it when I'm in it because it yeah. does trigger like, I'm sure it does with other girls as well, like body dysmorphia mm-hmm. um, yeah. with bloating because it's just... It's just a relentless feeling of, oh, I, I'm not good enough. Like, my body's not this and that. And and then yeah. it, it triggers compa- comparisons of people. And I, you just shouldn't be like that. Just embrace yourself. And, you you know, you're your own superhero. There's only one of you. Why would you want to be the same as everyone else? I'm just trying to tell myself that every time. Yeah, that's good. Um, could you describe some of the psychological emotional symptoms people and yourself have testified to when it comes to PMDD? I think anyone who has felt grief could probably relate to what somebody feels when they are going through PMDD. So it's that overwhelming sense of despair that you you can almost see it coming. I describe it as like a dark grey fog and you can almost see it coming down. Mm. But even though you see it coming, there's nothing you can do to stop it. You can't escape from it. It's very suffocating. And actually, when it hits, it does take a lot away from you. Mm. Um, And I definitely liken it to to grief that that I've felt before because it's that feeling of spiraling out of control with your emotions um yeah and I just think when it happens all of the the self-care building blocks that you've put into place throughout the month they just kind of get washed away in that um and then when you start to feel better you can pick yourself up and start putting the pieces back together again to you know make the most of those good days as I said before but ultimately you know the fog will come again Yeah, it's exactly what you just said, actually. It's a really good point you made about you prepare yourself. It's like preparing yourself for a battle and then the battle comes and you're broken and then you spend the rest of the time, you know, picking the pieces up, rebuilding yourself and then preparing for the next one. Mm -hmm. It's like an endless loop, really. And when I describe it to people like that, and you've described it very well there, it's tiresome, it's tiring, it's Mm -hmm. very debilitating the way... It's just constant, like, you know, you, you you get broken, then you build yourself up and then you have to do it all again, like the preparation. It's, I think the most anxiety-fueling thing is, you know, preparing for this big grey cloud, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it makes me anxious to even know that it's coming or, you know, if I can get like a slight headache, I think, is this a migraine? Do I need to cancel my plans for the next few days? And I start kind of worrying that it's a migraine when maybe it's just a bit of a headache. You know, I need to drink a bit more water. I'm a bit tired. Um, And that's the same with the dysphoria. I think, you know, you might have a bad day and feel upset and and think, hang on, is this just my PMDD? Or actually, is it a bad day? And you do it. You question everything. It it really is so exhausting. Mm. So do you know when you have your symptoms, your PMD symptoms, because I know everyone's different, do you have them like a week before, exactly a week before, or um, is it just like intense a few days before and then once you start bleeding, you're like back to normal? I would say that from kind of, I'd say from ovulation, I start to go downhill. But I'll Mm. be honest, it's not like dysphoria at that point. It's almost like feeling demotivated feeling a bit 
fatigue. So it's, it's, I can live with that. I can plan for that and that's okay. Yeah. And then the closer it gets to my period, the the more intense it gets. And I would say the day or two before my period is when, when it, it's really bad. Yeah. Um, and then I would say from about day three onwards, I feel good again. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Like once you get your period fully, you're like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're right, because like every month it happens, but every month I'm like, oh, okay, that's why. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it so true. Happen. Like it kind of like warps your way of thinking. It masks <laughs> it. It makes you forget. I don't know what it does to your mind, but I, I, I agree with you. Like once you come on, you're like, oh, so that's why I got really angry at so-and-so for that so- tiny little thing, which was completely irrational or, yeah. oh, that's why I was crying over that, you know, that Christmas advert. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like all these little things, it adds up and then you're just like, oh, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, PMDD is not recognised in the scope of the Equalities Act 2010, which outlaws discrimination on the basis of, amongst other things, disability. Should it be inclo- included in that scope? I just can't think of any way to word this other than yes like it is one of the most debilitating things I think I'll or I hope I'll ever go through in my life I know of people who are unable to work because of this condition or have been forced to leave work because of this condition not because of their performance not because of anything else but as a result of their condition that's discrimination but employers don't see it that way and I think there's a lot of gaslighting and people who have PMDD are made to feel like it is their fault and they should Mm. just manage it better when actually this is a real condition just like just like a mental health condition just like a physical condition it's Mm. a debilitating condition it impacts so many people there's not enough awareness there's not enough written about it or included in legislation education in schools that's like a whole other topic that I could talk about Mm. and I just it makes me really in a way it makes me really sad but then at the same time it makes me feel really determined and it makes me feel really proud to do things like this podcast and do my own podcast and you know just talk so openly about it because people don't talk about it enough and I think the more we talk about it and raise awareness, mm. people are going to have to listen. And it I, needs to be normalised as just it's just another health condition and it should be treated as such. I completely agree with you there. You said that you executed that really well, actually, because yeah. an open work, open conversation, sorry, in a work environment kind of builds a rapport and relationship with that manager. And actually mm-hmm. having that open conversation can kind of build and I mean it can benefit someone's you know work life it can maybe um they'll be able to help them in certain ways there's no point you know saying oh I can't do this and I'm going to leave my job I think having that conversation and that narrative at the start is so imperative and um when you mentioned actually interestingly about gaslighting so I had Anika Wahid on the first episode of this podcast to discuss everything about PMDD and she mentioned obviously because she's a lecturer and she's a patient expert she said there is a lot of medical gaslighting when it comes to PMDD and you but you mentioned it as well which is a very sad truth that we have to live with but um 
I think by doing something like this, I feel like I'm giving back to people who aren't aware of what it is and it's kind of given them that clarification. But yeah. it's just sad because the gaslighting, I can I can actually see it because people don't take it seriously. I mean, I don't know what your experience was, was when you went to your GP to talk about it initially. I know when I went, she looked at me and was like, what's PMDD? And I was like, oh yeah. my God, this is when I have to like talk about it all and give them a whole lecture on it. But she was Googling it and that didn't give me any hope. That made me feel less reassured to be honest with you and yeah. um it's just it's just kind of like you're meant to be the doctor I'm the patient you're meant to be you know wised up on all of this but that's kind of why people often go misdiagnose I mean I've heard so many people who've gone to the nurses and GP and they've come back saying that they said they might have bipolar or borderline personality disorder this is a common mm. pattern that I'm seeing through all my guests and through all the people I've spoken to. And this is what I've said to all my guests so far, that the one in 20 number might be higher than what they're saying it is. It could be more than one in 20 because of this gaslighting, because of this misdiagnosis that's coming quite often with patients and GPs. But yeah. in terms of the work thing, I think you're absolutely right. There needs to be more of a narrative. And in terms of you know, people getting squeamish talking about periods. We need to make periods and fight that stigma, fight period shaming and fight period stigma because that's the only way this is going to create more awareness, more ammunition to create change. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree with you on that. So um, speaking of work, if you guys, listeners, are interested in how PMDD affects work, I will be speaking to Claire Louise Knox, who is the founder of See Her Thrive, and she'll be discussing everything about PMDD and work and what employees and employees can best do to help that. So I'm really glad you brought that up, actually, because it's kind of ties in nicely for the next guest. <laughs> um, and actually ties in nicely with my next question, actually, which is what can employers do to practically help people with symptoms after all in accordance with the spirit, if not the letter of the Equalities Act 2010? So in your opinion, what could you say they could do to help people? if that you were in that position? I think the first thing is, from the start, whether you know that a person has PMDD or, or any, any kind of health or, or hormone issue, employers, managers, people in work, everybody needs to be approachable. Mm -hmm. So I think if you are not somebody who comes across as trustworthy, approachable, um, then your your employees aren't going to feel that they can confide in you and actually that it's worth telling you. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I first got diagnosed, I thought, oh, I should, I should probably tell my manager about this because, you know, it might explain why sometimes I'm maybe not as motivated at work or maybe it'd explain, you know, if I have a migraine. I thought it'd be really useful for her to know. Yeah. And part of me did think, what if she, you know, not uses it against me, but, you know, I did think, what if it puts me at a disadvantage as an employee? Yeah. It was only because I really trusted my manager and I knew that anything that I told her, she would support me with. Um, and if it was that reasonable adjustments needed to be made, she would work with me on that. Yeah. Um, so I had that conversation with her, but I only had the conversation because... I trusted her from the outset. I've always trusted her. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you don't have that kind of 
relationship with your employees where you don't see them, you don't communicate with them, you don't have a relationship that isn't just about kind of spreadsheets and emails and you know the product it needs to be hang on what what's your well-being like how are you we need to be having those conversations more whether they're informal chats you know at the coffee machine or over zoom as it is at the moment or if it is that that time where you 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 speak to an employee and say I want I, I want to get to know you and what I can do to support you regardless of PMDD or not this should be something that people are doing anyway just as good human beings you know I don't mean that to sound like you know they should be intruding and you know everything on personal space but I guess everyone has got a responsibility to I don't know help each other if they can and I I think that is important for employers but I think it's just I think it's a very human thing to you know help people yeah no I totally agree when you opened up to your manager did you find it was easy to because she was female and would you have done that if if your manager was a male for example that's such a good question because yes I think the fact that she was female did make me think like at least I'm not going to squirm when I say the word period yeah um but I've actually considered this before because I've you know I've had male managers in the past Mm. And I think I actually would have talked to like my previous male manager about it because I know in my head I'd be thinking, well, I shouldn't be embarrassed about talking about periods. And I would be saying to myself, you know, just imagine it's a physical condition and it's not something quite so stigmatic. Imagine it's, you know, you've got, um, I don't know, something like um, arthritis you know, a physical condition that you're probably not going to be as embarrassed about. And I probably would have psyched myself up for that more. Mm. But I think I still would have had the conversation, but I would have had to almost swallow my pride a little bit, which probably isn't the right way to think. But that's probably what I would have thought at the time. I think it all depends on where you are in your life as well. Because I know when I was working in London, I was quite young. And my manager was a man. And I would not have been open. <laughs> I would not be so open. I think now when you get older with the life experience, you become more confident and it depends on who you are because obviously when you're younger, you're still like developing you and you're becoming more confident in you. I yes. definitely wouldn't have been able to, you know, talk about it to a male manager, but I feel like now I'd be like, yeah, of course. I mean, it's so natural. Everyone, like a lot of women have periods. So what's, yeah. the, what's the issue here? So I think it's it's kind of nice that you had a female manager who you could confide in and, you know, talk about it with. But it's always interesting to know whether if it was, you know, the complete opposite gender, mm. if you would be the same. Yeah, very How, interesting. <laughs> yeah. How was it when you, um, you said you were married, when you first told your husband, what was that like? Well, so we were already um, together. So he, we'd been together for about seven years when um, I kind of had my light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. So he had lived through it all anyway. Um, but I guess after my diagnosis, we've been able to work on kind of, you know, communication and what support I need in, in the, the PMDD crisis moments um, and what I don't need as well because he's a fixer so he will want to fix me when I'm when I'm struggling and actually what I need is just 
a bit of fresh air or some space and I, I've kind of said to him when I'm when I'm in that moment don't don't try and get me to talk because I don't <laughs> want to talk but yeah. suggest a walk because I always say with a walk or fresh air it's not going to cure your PMDD it's not going to you know take away the hormonal sensitivity that your body has but I feel like a walk will always make me feel one percent better and one percent doesn't sound a lot but when you are in the throes of PMDD one percent is massive and Um, also going out for a walk is a nice distraction anyway yeah I just think it's it's a distraction I think whether it's really hot or really cold it's you know it's like a blast of air to your face Mm. and I just yeah I'm a huge advocate for just getting out in the fresh air and you know if it's just around the block or going to the woods or the beach it doesn't doesn't matter um, and yeah. it's not about you know exercising it's just about being outdoors um yeah. but yeah I think when I first found out about it I was sat in bed one night and I think I was like feeling fine I was feeling okay and I was sat in bed and my husband walked into the room I don't think we were married just then but he walked in and I'd been scrolling through Instagram and a friend of mine, and I guess she wasn't really as much of a friend then. Um, she was more of a friend of a friend. And she had put something up on Instagram for like PMDD awareness months. Yeah. And I, it was like a list of all the symptoms or something. And I just thought, oh my God, like that is me. Mm. So I just messaged her and I kind of just rambled on about, I think I have PMDD, what should I do? And so when my husband came in the room, I showed him the the image she'd uploaded and then the message that I sent to her. And and he was just like, Laura, you didn't even say hi to her. You've just like (laughs) sent her a message. And I think it's because I was just so... It was like your light bulb moment, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just so This is the answer you needed, yeah. Yeah, and I just, I had to just message her in that moment. So I messaged her again and I was like, you know, hi, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was just like, I couldn't believe it. And I knew straight away, and I, I knew what that, that was the answer. Yeah, so, no, for yeah. sure. I think a lot of people have, you know, had that same experience where they've been told they have this. And then when they see on social media, and social media is a great tool for this kind of thing, actually, creating awareness. Yes. And you yeah. see like the symptoms listed, you're like, yep, tick, 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 yep, that's yeah. all me. And then it just all makes sense. And you just feel like I'm not alone. And it's just a great kind of feeling, like, not a great feeling, but it's great to, you know, understand what it is and fully know that, you know, it's people do suffer from it. And these are the symptoms and these these are how you can manage it. It's so reassuring because where before you're like, uh, I just know I have PMDD, but I have no idea what it is or what it means. So it's kind of great awareness that it kind of lists everything. That's what I'm just trying to plan with this podcast, like list every single thing and like their symptoms. So then yeah. people can, you know, just to create that more awareness, really. Yeah, um, what in your experience is beneficial in alleviating symptoms? I think... Do you mean physical or more psychological? Physical, psychological, just anything really. Any any sort of things that you've experienced that actually have been beneficial? To be honest, I think knowing that the better days are coming, even though I said before, you know, you feel like you'll never feel well again. I think a huge thing that I'm really big on is hope. We have to have hope for a better day or even just a better hour. Mm. Um 
so I think a huge thing that has really helped me out over the last few months is kind of not fighting my symptoms but accepting them because they were always going to come whether Mm -hmm. they take me by surprise or not so just accept them that they're a part of my condition don't fight them but just know that it's not going to last forever Um, and even though it feels so awful right now you have to have hope that you might feel a bit better later on in the day or in the morning when you wake up it might just be something that feels a little bit brighter and lighter for you um I'm, I'm a huge advocate of like positive psychology as well so gratitude and self-compassion and I think they're things that when you have PMDD it's they're they're things you really need to work on but what that means is when your PMDD isn't as bad on those better days your positive psychology is really strong so you'll find mm. it really easy to be grateful and to be kind to yourself absolutely Um, yeah so yeah it is harder on the hard days but then I feel like it's made me a a happier person on the happy days if that makes sense no I love that though I love what you're saying there so like obviously when you are on your good days you give yourself that extra self-love yeah and the extra you know affirmations and positivity and gratitude I love that way of thinking and it's something that I've adopted this year as well. I've tried, well, I've tried to adopt. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's, it actually really does help. I mean, people will laugh and be like, oh, that sounds ridiculous. But it's actually such a nice thing to do because once you, you know, you give yourself those positive affirmations and you, you are like, you give yourself a lot of self-love and you treat yourself, it sort of sets your mood and your day to be really nice and positive. Like it sets you on a really positive foot for the rest of the day, I find. So it's just kind of like, you know, we all deserve it as well. So I really like how you said that. Yeah. Thank you. So um, thank you so much, Laura, for being on today's show. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for having me. And I think it's brilliant that you're doing this. Oh, I really appreciate it. And obviously with the show notes, we'll tag your um, podcast in it too so people can check out your content that's all we have time for now tune in next time and i'll be joined by the lovely anna rota to discuss pmdd and relationships don't forget to subscribe produced by the av club podcast production